0: And welcome back to another episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. Kathy and John have not come back just yet. We went. I came back just a little bit early. Uh, free player, brand new um, to our podcast. We appreciate you coming out and watching. Um, you should be seeing us live, hopefully by now. Um, I'm not even sure what episode we are. I'm going to stump Kathy and see if she remembers uh, or not. Nice. Deception lies deception. I can hear John coming back. Uh, we took our little quick break so we could get their alcohol and get their drink on uh, and such. And I will actually be trying a new drink tonight. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm gonna like it, but I saw it and I was like, okay, that's at least interesting to try. Um, so I'll do that. Um, John, what episode are we on tonight? Do You remember? I don't know,
1: I'd say 112. 112 111,
0: 112. I have no clue. I can't remember either. Um, I'll let you figure that out. Uh, tonight's episode, we're going to be talking about. I'm going to give a review of a miniature game. Um, Not my job. Can't always get me. Um, I'm going to be painting on my night watch some more. So we'll be watching me do that. Um, and um, we're also going to be talking about volunteering for your local or even for your big conventions. Um, and what else? And hobby stuff in general, because you know us. We'll talk about anything hobby related.
2: Kathy, what episode is it? 110. Wrong, 111. Shut
0: Don't up. Don't feel
1: bad. I was wrong, too. I thought it was
0: 112. <laughs> <laughs> but so we
2: check. split the difference. Okay. Yeah.
0: So we'll be uh, doing that. Uh, Tonight's topic is going to be hobby-related, of course, because Gonzo's still going to be working on his stuff. Um, I want to talk about volunteering at a convention or your local, because something came up um, with me uh, that I thought was interesting today, which means I may be donning the black again. Um, And then um, I want to give a review on a miniature game I played, um, and it actually is a kind of a positive review. Um, Look, some caveats. Um, John, what are you drinking tonight?
1: Um, well, assuming I don't uh, dip into the, uh, the limoncello I've got here, but,
0: uh, hey, that my mom good. sent me home
1: with a couple weeks ago, and I finally remember to bring up here. Uh, I
0: have a screwdriver. Okay. Kathy, what are you drinking tonight? I
2: am drinking, uh, gin and tonic.
0: And I also
1: have hot tea. Hot tea. Yeah, that's
2: crazy
1: talk. <laughs> I just, you have another big fluffy.
0: I am trying something by Shiner. Uh, it is Shiner's S'more. I mean, it is a, a, a chocolate cake. marshmallow ale. <laughs> so...
1: So I love chocolate marshmallow, but that sounds...
0: Fuck awful. Yeah, I, I, uh, mm, uh, it doesn't smell bad. I'm sitting here smelling it. It smells very chocolatey. I don't know how bad or how good it's going to be, so I'll let, I'll give a review after I take some pretty big swigs of it. Um, John, do we have any tributes or anybody we need to give a quick shout-out to tonight? Uh,
1: not that I can recall, but I had a busy week, so don't uh, don't hold me to that.
0: Okay. I didn't see anything. <laughs> All right, so we also want to thank all of our sponsors that help us out, Uh, Creature Caster, which uh, if you're not following us on Facebook, find us on Facebook because we're going to be giving away a $30 gift certificate on our Facebook page, which you have to be a follower uh, and like our Facebook page to get that one. Um, And we also want to thank Muse on Minis for hosting files and distributing this out so you can hear us on every single 50 million platforms out there that we have it on. Um, Tectonic Crest Studios uh dan the man uh if you got some good mdf terrain you'd like to see go see that man um and who am i missing oh uh metalhead minis (laughs) lynn uh i want to thank her she is actually uh there is a link gonna pop up in chat uh to some of the products that we sell uh through her um our, our dice sets are on there our um objective and flags for certain games is on there and measuring widget set is on there also with also proxies and our tournament tracker too. Um, So you'll see those uh, on her website. uh, So we appreciate that. So other than that, we thank you a lot for uh, watching and listening. So cheers.
1: Cheers. Tasty. Maybe a touch too much
2: uh, vodka in that. So be a touch too much gin in this. Oh, it's going to get fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ugh. So, um, I'm, I'm so, so Kathy, while you're talking, I'm going to go have another beer.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm tired from yesterday. I woke up at 6-something this morning. It's been go, go, go today. And... As I was pouring gin into my glass, I was thinking it was the tonic water.
1: <laughs> oh, that's an interesting little uh, combination, a little uh, ratio. I, I feel blind because I have such a big, not standard-sized glass. I'm just like, fuck it, throw some in there, let's see how it goes.
2: So, yeah.
1: <laughs> and this might be what we call slightly aggressive. Unlike Holy John, shit, who is all sweetness and light all the time. I am all
0: sweetness and light all the time. <coughs> Holy crap, that thing's face bad. Face. Oh, okay, now I'm expecting a little chocolate and a sweet kind of taste, but no. Oh.
1: <coughs> so it was fuck awful.
0: <coughs> yeah, it's bad. Missy, I'm bringing that over. Y'all can have it. Ugh. Yuck.
2: Alrighty, it's, oh god, well, sounds like it
0: sounds
2: like it tastes just like
0: I thought it would. <laughs> oh, so tonight I'm going to be drinking a coffee grinder, a winter grinder coffee stout, which I've had before, uh, and it is uh, amazingly good.
1: Shouldn't be that funny, but it's really fucking funny.
0: <laughs> mm. Oh god, that I mean, it was bad. I mean, I can. I mean, so.
1: Remember, in my opinion, it starts off as beer, so it's starting off with the strike again today. <laughs> yeah. Ugh.
0: Oh.
2: But how mm. do you incorporate marshmallow without Ooh. it being sweet, but without it... I mean, it's still going to have that sweet. sort of poppy, you know, Sounds bitterness. like to me. I
1: don't it's know. So there's funny.
2: nothing about that that sounds good. The only, yeah. the only beer oh. that was remotely coffee that ever tasted good to me... What's a uh, oh. a brewery
0: mischief?
1: Ooh. <laughs> Gonzo's still suffering. Ah. I mean, that's a that's an impressive beer, and Gonzo's still uh, in rough shape.
0: Blech. That's gross. All right, switched over to the paint cam, um, paint. W- so I can work on it because I'm still, like I said, still trying to get my night so watch. So you're done.
2: painting it light gray.
0: Contrast yeah I'm using the apothecary white for the uh, fur on their cloaks or area and I'm putting it on there pretty heavy um, so it'll be in there and then I think what I'm gonna do is after it's all dried and set uh, I'll, I'm gonna take and do a not even really a dry brush but run you know a, a, oh God run uh, white on the top of it so the white kind of stands out a little bit more um after i get all this in
1: <laughs> so way to 3 said he tried dead guy ale voodoo donut maple bacon flavored beer once mistakes were made have i told you about maple bacon vodka i sure. think it is actually from a simple similar named company i forget what it was uh i've oh, been trying yeah. to forget uh, Norin saw it, we put advertised on something, and we're like, that sounds good, so we bought three bottles, brought one over, I had a shot, and it was fucking terrible, so we put it in the freezer, and I had another shot after it was frozen, well, frozen, super cold, it was fucking awful, we gave it to some, our alcoholic friend, he's like, nope, don't want any more of that, <laughs> when they sold the house that, uh, Creekins and I used to rent, On the counter of the the ad, they they still had the bottle there because we left it because I wasn't taking it fucking with me. (laughs) Oh, it was fucking terrible.
0: I mean, I like, I like chocolate ales. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I think they're really good, but they're, you know, they've got to be done just right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, well, marshmallow, maybe it'll just be like a little bit, you know, a little bit sweeter, a little bit, you know, maybe a creamy type uh, thing. No. 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 Nope, nope,
1: nope. Um, That's extreme hand view.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. So I moved my camera around so I could do this because I'm going to be doing a lot of painting. But it seems like my hand is going to be in the way way too much. So I just got to play around with this for a bit. Um, Okay, so this week I had a friend of mine, Nick, come over. Uh, Nick is a good friend of mine that he is pretty much a human computer. Um, he's a professor at our local university, uh, really, really smart guy, knows a lot about a bunch of stuff. Um, like he can go, Oh, I think I have a, you know, 98.7% chance to win this based on dice rolls. And then he'll come back to me and go, well, that 1.3% screwed me type. So thing.
1: I'm going to tell you a little secret about anyone who uses percentages like that. Like he may be a human computer, but he's missing something. There ain't no ninety nothing percent <laughs> chance to win anything where dice are involved.
0: But no, he, but like I says, he's very he's a very big math guy. Um, can get stuff done. Knows what he's doing. Very oh, smart guy. Okay,
2: Ooh. I found this on the web for is a very big math <laughs> uh, guy.
0: Yeah, thanks. Uh... Thanks, Siri. <laughs> oh. That was pretty funny. For a very big math guy.
2: You know, usually it's I that has
0: that problem. Oh, I know. Um, I totally
1: just muted the microphone on my particular one. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: anyway, so, very big math guy. Uh, re- really smart guy. Um, helps me figure out a lot of things whenever I'm, you know, when I had to teach uh, high school math and stuff at one point in my career, that was the first person I went to. Like, hey, how do I figure this out to make it? So, blah, blah, blah. Um, but he is helping design and rewrite Uh, The rules for Heavy Gear Blitz. Um, For people that don't know what Heavy Gear is, Heavy Gear is a mech combat game. Uh, I'm not sure what came out first. I remember the role-playing game. I still own all the books. Uh, The role-playing game is very, very complicated. Um, Not very good, but it's very cool. Um,
1: It's uh, style over substance.
0: Correct. There was... um, and they had a couple of video games and some other stuff happen with their uh, their product. Uh, it's by DreamPod Nine. Um, I think they had another system called Jovian Chronicles or something. Yes. Yeah, um, and, and I I recognize them from the video game or from the uh, role playing game. And at one point they had a miniatures game called Heavy Gear, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind playing. You know, a miniature game reminds me of the old BattleTech days or. You know, whatever.
1: Just so you know, uh, role-playing game first.
0: Okay. Not uh, much. I, I figured it was, but I didn't, you know, wasn't going to quote it. But, um, and then the miniature game kind of disappeared. And I was like, okay, well, crap. And then they did a restart, and they kick-started um, Heavy Gear Blitz to turn, um, to rewrite the rules, and to turn all their miniatures into plastic, uh, which they're still doing right now. Uh, it's not over yet. Not all the models are in plastic yet. But a a decent amount of them are. You can still use the metal ones in the game, so it's not that big of a deal. Um, So, he got me like the two equivalent starter sets to go with. Uh, And the game is either played on a 4x4 or a 6x4. um, Depending on how many points you're playing with. Uh, They recommend like the standard point size is a um... I'm not sure the point total, um, but it was a 6x4. It's the standard game. But we played on a 4x4 because we were doing, you know, let me learn the system, let me learn the rules, let me figure out, you know, what it's like uh, type thing. And um, we played the basics. You know, this is how you do everything. It has a mechanic where you move squad by squad. Um, And I move... So I start off you know, with one squad. I move one model in the squad. If that one model um, doesn't do an action, uh, people that have that model in line of sight can shoot at it. So it has kind of an ARO system like Infinity uh, built into it. It um, wasn't bad because the good thing about it is if you used your action if you if you shot at a model not on your turn it took up the action of that model so you had gotcha. to choose it. so
1: you still only get like one shot but if you take you can take it out of turn
0: correct you can take it out of turn uh and you know depending on whether it's worth it or not you may want to wait but it also there is no pre-measuring uh with a caveat on that there is a certain amount of pre-measuring you can do but you can't me- pre-measure like the distance of your weapons um They do have uh, electronic warfare in the game, um, which we didn't get into, but we talked about it, Um, and then there's, you know, like, you can, like, obstruct your signal so people couldn't see you or make it harder to hit, Uh, or you can, you know, do some other stuff of that nature. Um, Wasn't as complicated, because we just just went over the rules on that. We didn't go, you know, um, we didn't get super crazy on it. Uh, but not near as complicated as you would think in, like, the,
1: uh... Gonzo, your camera needs to be moved up and to the, uh, left a little
0: bit. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, so thanks. They, for I, I can't see it into the time.
1: frame and then moved the camera up for it out of frame. It was a little amusing.
0: Okay. Well, I'm trying to get everything. Cause I, my, one of my cameras fell and I had to reposition it, and this one's coming too. Um...
1: That one's pretty good.
0: I can go back like this. Um... But it's played with a tape measure and movement. You can move, double your move. Tape measure? What kind of game is this? Oh, I know. Um, (laughs) And then you... Everybody has a certain amount of actions. Uh, Movement is not considered an action, so you could double move and shoot, but uh, you take a penalty from doing that. Um, Which is okay, because that means you can move around. So once all the squad is moved... And done all their actions, your opponent gets to move their squad. And they move model by model. And after that model moves, you kind of ask if you want to do any counter shooting type stuff. And you can have an entire squad shoot it if it has actions for that round. Um, The game is played with a scenario basing. um, So there's, you know, not just beat each other up. Um, Terrain plays a factor. You know, if you're within a certain distance of the terrain, you can gain cover. You know, typical type stuff. Not not uncommon. Uh, the system was very unique uh, in that you roll base 2d6, and then you can get additional dies on um, equipment or, you know, cover or whatever. Because uh, the cover isn't a subtraction of die on... The person shooting, it's a bonus die for the person being shot at.
1: Is it uh, dice added together, or is it number of successes?
0: Uh, Neither. It is, say your gunnery skill... Well, you take your highest die, okay? And you roll your, we're going to say 3d6, okay? And you roll it, and say you get your 4 is your highest. But your piloting skill for a dodge is a 3... Any threes get to add plus one to that roll. Plus one to that die. Um, So say I'm going to shoot John. And I'm going to roll my three dice. And I get a six, five, and a two. Um, Well, the six, I I add that. That's my base die of six. I add plus one because that other die was above but my gunnery... uh, Equal to or above my gunnery skill. So I have a roll of seven. You roll your defensive dice and your piloting is a three and you roll a five and a three and a three you match my roll um and depending like if you have agility it doesn't hit but the degree of success determines how much damage you do um it was different it was i, I caught it really quickly though but i'm really used to it so it wasn't you know a big deal um i did pick a picture of a few of the models. Um, and it's on our Facebook page, and it was it was good. the The models are nice and detail. Uh, he did show me um, something to go with um, infantry because I was worried about you know how can infantry survive when you're going when mechs are involved, uh, and certain weapons don't affect uh, infantry because they are just you know hit too wide of an area or you know something of that nature.
1: Yeah. To use Battle Tech Prolance. Uh sure PPC does a lot of damage, but that's one instrument who's very, very, very there, bad d- dead. Yes.
0: And that's and that's how they play it too. Um you can repair mechs. Uh, mechs dying in one hit was very rare. I didn't even get um I I only killed only dropped one mech in uh one and we didn't even get through one full turn. Uh because I was testing out stuff and so I was going kind of crazy with it. Um because every, he, you know, I was testing out the rules you would you want to say and just testing out different things of it. And I had a lot of fun. Um, it's very reasonably cost price. Um, like a starter, which you can play on a 4x4 four four is only about60 dollars. So I mean that's not bad considering. That's no, fine. Um, and you get oh. about I think I think the most he said you ever see is like 12 to 13 models on the table. Um,
1: well, skirmish size.
0: Yeah, skirmish size enough, but um, there's different things. You know, you have the, the warfare, and there's like ten different factions, though, which I thought was interesting. Um, and those ten different factions all have different abilities, and they're all unique. Um, a lot of combat in the game, of course, is range. There's very little hand-to-hand, although there is, you know, if you get up in a mech, you can do it. Um... I thought about just picking up like a little starter set type thing. And, you know, that way I could, you know, play a little skirmish game here and there just to do it. Um, if you like a MechWarrior game and you don't have Battletech or you don't like Battletech or you want something that's different, I would recommend this. I cannot keep this thing in screen at all.
1: I have an important question. Uh-huh. There are people who don't like Battletech?
0: Um, they don't like the mechanics of it and... Um, I know that some people. I see. I, I know a lot of people that play BattleTech, but only play it as the grid system and don't play it as the. Um, I don't even know if you can because I've only seen it as a grid system.
1: Oh, yeah! They, they always have miniature rules. It's the easiest conversion ever. Oh,
0: okay. But I know people that just don't like the the oh. grid system.
1: <laughs> Back in my day, you just played BattleTech and you liked
0: it. <laughs> yeah. Um. I thought it was interesting. It was fun. The game was the game was good. I don't. I didn't have any major flaws except for getting a hold of plastics is going to be an issue. They don't have a distributor, and they don't plan on doing distributing because it cuts down on their cost. Uh, they are a company in Canada, and so they do all their own shipping. Um, and they do have a um, retailer option, so you know you can get it through that way. Uh, but they don't distribute through any major system.
1: Yeah, they'd have to be Canadian, and if they're in America, they would be probably not able to do that, because that is against the law. Oh, is it? So, back in the 90s, Games Workshop tried to cut out distributors and do all of their own shipping to people and not sell to distributors. And they had a lawsuit slapped on them by Alliance Games Distribution, and they had to, because that's the law. Didn't know that. History! Um, so, I mean, the, the only ever problem with heavy gear that ever existed was that it wasn't Battletech. Correct. It's hard to get in with the big dog. Um, Battletech isn't quite the big dog it used to be, though it's funny that they do their Kickstarter, and Battletech did a Kickstarter not that long ago, and their models are, I'm not going to lie, pretty shit hot.
0: The Battletech
1: ones? Oh, God, yeah, and they have. I haven't seen it yet? So much stuff coming. Uh, I am um, actually excited. Um, even their starter set, that's very well priced. Uh, I think it was like 30 bucks. I bought it when uh, uh, Necromiles was down. And uh, he's a big Battletech guy. And the models are pretty good. Um, I'll take some pictures later, throw them up on a Facebook page or something. And, I mean, they're doing a good job. It's still the same rules, but they do also have... First Strike, which is their rules light, uh, more models version. Go gotcha. <clears> to. <throat> having printers all the time, I feel like Battletech would be a lot easier because really the only other problem was getting the sheets for it. Nowadays, you, you could just print what you need. I mean, shit. Uh, back in the day, I used to go to the library and with my allowance and I would just print out copies of all the mechs I plan on using. I'd have this big, you know, brown folder with all the different pockets in it and all, and I'd have all (laughs) sorts of sheets in there. Oh my god, back in the day, that was...
0: I remember. I I liked Battletech, MechWarrior, whichever one you're going to go with, because, you know, depending on your preference.
1: I mean, MechWarrior was was cool, but it's hard to be a mech pilot in a game where a couple lucky hits and you die.
0: Yeah. But. But... I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I could see picking up, you know, a, a small set and just going with it. Because, I mean...
1: It's also slightly more anime-inspired mechs. They're like the halfway point between true anime mech mechs and Battletech mechs. They're yeah. not quite as plotting war machines as Battletech. But they're not quite the ninja robot missiles firing out their rear and swooping around everywhere that uh, anime mechs are.
0: Um, but, I mean, it was... It was a simple system. There wasn't anything wrong with it. I didn't find any major glares. Um, and it was alternate activations with the ability to activate on your opponent's turn. So you were always doing something, which I think is a very key thing that has to be done nowadays. Absolutely. Um, if you make a Mentors game and you try to do the 40k War Machine Hordes version of it, it probably isn't going to work as well uh, because people want to play and do stuff. Um, with the ARO style system in the game, where you can shoot at your opponent during their turn, uh, is actually pretty dang good. It was a lot of fun, so two thumbs up for me. I'll probably pick up some small stuff. I also, I'm gonna support my friend Nick because he is designing the game and helping them out with it. So, I uh, I always support my buddies.
1: I I'm would really. like to, but I have literally zero people who would be interested with me. So. Because uh, Banyan is a Battletech guy, and not Brushy Dave is a doesn't-care-about-any-of-those-things guy. <laughs> he cares for what he cares about, and that's it. And yeah. if you get into a game, I would get into it. And then the rest of the crew, crew would probably be more Battletech because that's, you know, their childhood.
0: Yeah. So, um, other than that, <clears throat> it was a lot of fun. Um, I just got all the fur done. So, all the fur is pretty much covered on the armies. Uh, we've got to wait for all of this to dry so I can try to give it a little bit more uniqueness to them. Um, I think I'm going to do the crossbow. The wood on the crossbows where we're doing this. Uh, something else came up over the weekend. Uh, I got a message on Facebook from a friend of mine. Um, he listens. Uh, a friend of mine, Alan. <coughs> and <coughs> he was asking me, how do I get my players to um, learn to play War Machine Hordes and play the scenarios instead of the I'm going to kill you down to the man and go for assassination all the time. And I was like, okay, well, what do you mean? And he says, well, he's got a bunch of new players and all they want to do is they want to win and they want to do steamrollers, but they can't get it in their head to play the scenarios. Um, they just want to kill and Kill a lot. And I go, well, um, they can do that. There's nothing wrong with that. But if they're looking to win, you've got to be careful of the scenarios. Why
1: you open that bag of, bag of worms, dog? Um,
0: um, and so he, I told him, I said, this is what I would do. Uh, people new to the game, I would tell them to do X, Y, Z. Uh, tell them that they can't win by uh, assassination. They have to win by um, scenario only to get them to learn to do it. Uh, and such And so uh, He says that he was trying that And it was really cool And people liked it uh, But then he asked me If I would come down Because uh, he's not too far from me um, And kind of do like a demo day And help the guys figure out You know you know, at, Let them ask questions Do stuff like that And you know Learn how to play the game And I'm like Okay I can do that I don't have a problem I'll take, I'll take you know A Saturday to drive up And you know Come and help you out I mean, that's what we do. We help the community out. Um, And then he brought up, well, if you want, I'll pay for your gas, and I'll pay for a hotel room for you to stay at. And I'm like, you you don't have to do that. It's not that far to drive. He's like, no, I mean, you're going to be spending your time doing this. And I says, yeah, but that's what we do. We help each other out, and we give each other, you know, the support. Don't get me wrong. If you're expecting me to go to Seattle and I'm in Arkansas, to help you out with the convention, yeah, I might need some help on that. But if it's a day drive or whatever, or, you know, a you know a few hours drive, you don't have to do that. It's nice, but it was interesting because uh, the conversation got brought up about people volunteering for stuff. Now, remember, the privateer press, you know, got rid of the press gang, and... Um, Steve Forge got rid of their pundits, by the way. I just learned this out today, um, which is their version of the press gangers, um, and oh, no, try this out. It, and, it, and it got me thinking that yes, whenever we did the press gangers did stuff, we did it and we got compensated for it for some reason or another, uh, with the points or you know whatever. And I was like, okay. I wasn't too worried about it. I was happy. I got something out of it. Um, but I, that's not the main reason why I was a press gamer. Um, and then something came up where someone said they wanted to run something at my convention. And I was like, cool. Um, that would be awesome. I would love for you to come and run this game. And then he's like, well, I need you to pay for my hotel room. I need you to pay for my dinners. need you to pay for this and pay for that. And I'm like, you need to pay for my flight out. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and stop you now um, because I can't do that. Um, while I would love for you to, have to do this, I just can't afford it. I, you know, I'm... My, the convention is not strong enough to do that. And the guy was like, okay, well, uh, okay, then I'm sorry I won't be able to do it. And I'm like, okay, thanks for, you know, offering and such, but I understand. Um... So, it it kind of brought up the subject of... I'm not trying to make this sound like it's bad, but I'm not going to do something for you unless you give me something in the return type thing. Um, Now, like I said, I understand if you're going to be driving halfway across the nation or whatever to do something, but there's been this issue lately where you need to give me X amount of dollars for helping you out. Um, John, you've done a lot of volunteering and stuff.
1: I have. It's been mostly local, though.
0: Correct. Now, if you were local and someone said, hey, will you come and, you know, run a tournament for me, and it was local, you know, or whatever, what would you typically say to that? If they give, I mean, if you had the time and they gave you fair enough you know warning about it,
1: I mean sure, I'll take care of it.
0: Okay, it is. Mean, just...
1: It's what we do. If it's a if it's a game you're interested in, we say this a lot. But if it's a game you're interested in that you want to grow the community for, sometimes you've got to make tiny sacrifices to get that community growing, and sometimes that is sacrifices only your time. I mean, gas is generally nominal in a local area. Um. But, you know, if, it's, if you think so, if it's getting too far, maybe. But also, to be fair, every store I've ever run a tournament at has taken care of me if I've done that, you know, without any other, you know.
0: Yeah, maybe giving you something, well, discount, or.
1: Also, I ran a tournament. There was a one Sunday I went to Games and Stuff to play a tournament. The person who was supposed to run it, and I'm not sure who that was, wouldn't call them out if I did, didn't show up. So I ran the tournament, and the store took care of me. So it's fine. I didn't expect to get taken care of. I took, I ran it because I was there. The tournament was supposed to go on, and someone needed care of it. Take care of it. It was me or nothing, and, and nothing wasn't going to do. So, but I understand people wanting. I mean, if they've got a cop like, on a flight to get somewhere, I understand where they're coming
0: from. I I understand that too.
1: I wouldn't offer something like that without going, without going, okay, hey, two ways, I'll be in the turn. I'll be at your convention anyways because I'm playing, because I'm going to do stuff there. You want me to run an event or two while I'm there. I'm not going to go, I'll come to your tournament to run these events if you pay me. Or if I do, I would make that up front. Like, Gonzo, I understand you need people you're interested in hearing, you know, what it would take for me to come out there. It's, it's, I'd say that it's all an extension of sort of my customer's training. It's, it's to manage the expectations of the person you're talking with. If I come out and say, you know, hey, Gonzo, I understand you're having problems finding someone to run X game that I'm good at. Do we want to talk about getting me out there and what it's going to do? You know, because now you know what John's coming from. Okay, John's coming from, he can come out here, but he's going to expect something out of it. And you can make your decision like, oh, no, John, I'll find someone local. Cool, you know? That's go cool all the way. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I think Kathy's got a lot of experience in this, too. She volunteers at uh, Depticon and such.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I've never... I don't know. I've never expected something for volunteering at a convention. No. The whole reason I started volunteering there anyways is back in the day when... Uh, when it was a smaller convention and it was so much fun, we just wanted to see it succeed. And the way to do that is to help out, to pitch in. You know? So that's what we've always, every year, that's what we've done. We've tried to find some way, whether it's, you know, getting on the assembly line to help stuff the swag bags or to volunteer a few hours, you know, at... Registration, or to volunteer to fold sweatshirts, you know, for the merch table, or I mean, anything, any little bit, any few hours you have, you know, to help out uh, is welcome, and yep. and that's that's how you help make a convention better. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and it's not it's not like Gen Con where they have a board of directors and are for-profit and, you know, they, they they pay all of their, you know, employees. Yeah, and they're, they're trying to
1: make a professional. Thing. A lot of tournaments start off, a lot of conventions are off as sort of homegrown, you know, just a bunch of friends and branching out. And those things yeah. need our help.
2: And and while while Adepticon is big for what it is, it is still far from being a Gen Con or a Comic Con or an Anime Con. You know, it's still a local, homegrown convention. And uh, you know, they need they need people who want to help out and see it survive. Yeah, that's that's what I do, and I don't expect things in return. And if I get some bonus thrown my way in, in the shape of, you know, a T-shirt or something once in a while, then, you know, that's cool. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I, I've volunteered at many a place. I mean, I've never gone into... I've gone into very few things expecting something, and most things I expecting something was because that was literally what they said, Where I was working as part of the um, crew for a actual company, you know, I was... Uh, I was in a field agent for Agents of Gaming back when they were a company. You know, I've done a couple events where I like would run a day of Babylon Five Wars demos for them. You know, I mean, and obviously I expect them to to cover what they cover, but I wasn't expecting the store to drop anything on top of that on top for that on top of me. Or you know, when I go to a store, they're like, "Oh, hey, uh, John, uh, was it one of the?" Uh, one of the local Baltimore tournaments, the the guy who organizes one of the guys who organizes it was playing also, and he needed just a neutral party there. So I'm like, sure, I'll show up and be a neutral party. I don't need anything. I'll just show up. Good Lord, you're not even asking me to go far. You know, you help out where you can help out, and it all is a matter of what you need to do. But on the other end, if you are someone who's running a tournament or an event, you have to realize that you're asking for people's time and effort, and To some people, based on where their life is, that might be a lot. And you should probably look at offering if you know those people. Like, you know, uh, if I need a certain person's help and they've got a family, I'm going to offer something because that's family time they're not getting, you know? I don't really care to them. But I'm not going to be like, you know, crazy amounts of anything. It's just, you know, try and do something for them. But also, you know, you need to come into that discussion knowing full well where you're going. You know, do you you know if you're offering your help, you should be damn sure letting them know exactly what your expectations are for helping. Not, you know, oh hey you want me to come out and help? Sure, absolutely. Okay, I'm gonna need this because that's that's not the right way to do it. <laughs> And generally, I follow the Japanese rule of uh, payment for things that are not a big deal. I decline three times. If you give it to me again, I'm fucking taking it. (laughs) I I do that with my family. My cousin Don had me. I took a day off work back when I worked for myself, so it wasn't really a big deal. Um, And I helped him move. And we moved all day. And he tried to give me money. I'm like, no, it's good. He's like, no, not really. I'm like, no, it's good. You you know, family, help. Uh, You know, the fourth time you offered it, I took the money.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: That's... that's the rule. And I mean, you meant it, you know. I don't mind going out of my way to help people. I mean, it's, it's how we make the world a better place for people. Not everyone's got the means, you know. Some people can help you. Some people can afford beer and pizzas for the help people help move. Some people are in bad straits and can't move by themselves and need someone to help them move or something like that. And you need to come in and do it gratis. That's what friends are for, right?
2: Absolutely.
1: I mean, you got to look at it like that. I mean, we're not all friends necessarily, but we're all way more than acquaintances because we're all acquaintances who have a shared passion for the hobby and we want the hobby to do better. So you sort of have to up it a bit. You know, heck, I said that to uh, Al Marshall when he was moving. He has a lot of crap and it was going to be a lot of work. And I ain't as young as I used to be. I'm like, hey, how are you moving? Are you hiring movers or do you need the crew? You know, just so I know, like, what am I doing? Am I coming and helping you move a ton of shit that's going to be heavy, or are you getting people to do it for you? Luckily, he gets people to do it for him, but I was ready to help. I don't expect anything. Fuck. Again. Yeah, it's not... No, it would be, you know, like, Hey, Gonzo, you're an Ormish Weekend. Do you want to talk about what it takes to get me out there? That would be the conversation starter. Like, and you can decide, okay, do I need John out there? Is it going to be worth it to bring John out there? Because I understand John's many states away, uh, beyond an easy drive. I mean, I don't mind it too much, but not Brushhead Dave's not a big fan, so. No? So, what is it going to take? Yes. Yeah. And and it's hard. This is part of that whole so I find that us tabletop gamers are better socially than a lot of people, but we're still not great. We need to make sure we're we're socially telling people you know what we expect. There's a a sort of idea, you know, not everyone knows how to talk to people. Somehow I know how to talk to people. I don't know how that ever happened, but here we are. And <laughs>
2: That's you have- because you're the nice one, John.
1: Hey, do customer service for a living. I mean, I actually am a nice guy, apparently. I never would have known that. But <laughs> it, you have to manage the expectations of the person you're talking to. You go into a conversation with somebody, n- let them know full well where the conversation is going. You know, you don't want to expect, like, oh, hey, do you need this thing? Oh, yeah, you love that thing. Okay, I'm going to need you to give me this much money. No. It's not going to go, hey, Kathy, do you want these extra numerical models? I'm like, sure, I'll take extra models. I'm like, oh, I have 50 bucks. No, that's not where that conversation goes. <laughs> that conversation would be, Kathy, I have extra NERCO models. Are you interested in buying them from me?
2: Yes, that would be the way to phrase it.
1: Exactly. It's all about how you talk to people. If and you, if I
2: wanted to go to a convention and, and have my weight paid, I would be like, hey, Gonzo, what do I have to do to get you to front me the money I need to make it to your convention? Exactly. I mean it's it's all about you know, what do what do I have to do to, to, to make that happen? Well, you need to work, you know, thirty hours of the forty convention and
1: uh, okay. Yeah, that, that's that is how that conversation should go. And but also we're in a weird point in society where we communicate a lot of times by text message and emails and chats and there is no intonation there is no context clues as to how a person means based off that unless they go out of their way there's a great skit by Keen Peel where the one guy is sort of just super chill laid back and the guys like do you want to go out and he's sort oh of god like,
2: hey, i love that one i know it when one you're
1: like, talking yeah, about sure, you whatever and he's like yeah sure whatever and he's getting off. and it's not how he means it at all
2: that's totally yeah. me and a friend of mine it, we have we have exchanged messages and we end up we end up calling each other on the phone because all of a sudden i can tell <laughs> there's been some horrible misunderstanding yeah.
1: never <laughs> never assume a tone that that person wouldn't take with you or if it's a person out of nowhere assume friendly i had one guy email me while I worked games workshop and it was a very important issue i'm not going to bring up what the issue was but he's like, "Hey, John. Since we're talking here, assume we're having a nice, pleasant conversation, and I'm not angry at all. And that is how he started it. It was great. It means I knew exactly where he was coming from, exactly how he felt about it. You know, he felt it was important enough to bring to my attention, but not important enough that he was angry or upset. He's not yelling. It's just important note. That is so important in tone, and we want to take it. So if Gonzo has this guy saying this." He should be like, no, I'm not interested, but he shouldn't take it as an attack upon him or a slight. Because I don't think the guy means it that way. He's He can be not even a, any clue that you're upset about this. Even a little bit. He would be like, oh my god, I was trying to help. And not realizing he's not phrasing it well. Because people who don't know how to phrase it well don't know that they don't know how to phrase it well for the most part. <laughs> they yes. are at the, the incompetence, and, and you know, it sounds terrible to say it that way. They're unaware and competent. They don't know and they don't know that they don't know. And they're the most dangerous, but you have to sort of, you know, understand that.
2: Yeah. yeah and when I talk about when I talk about the misunderstandings I have with my friend via text, this is one of my best friends. And so I don't understand how, you know, they could think that I'm, you know, upset with them. I don't understand it. And I always end up having to call them and, and be like, look.
1: <laughs> I could do a whole podcast on not reading into texts or lack of text or lack of responses. Don't, don't ever worry about that stuff. I could do a whole podcast about it.
2: But that key and peel skit is so right on the money.
1: I literally want to do a training at work using that as the core of it. It seems stupid, but it illustrates the point like nothing else can. Could you immediately get it?
2: Oh. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, it's... It sort of shows that you can learn things from, from different areas. And, I mean, it's one thing, this is going to sound weird to people, that they know my profanity-laden rants, I take customer service super-duper seriously. You know, but, and you can apply that to so many other parts of life. You know, when, when the McDonald's has taken a long time to make my food, I'm standing there with a smile. I don't need to look over and see scowling faces and shit. Like, my opponent's taking a long time to turn. I smile. You know? It's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. You, you, you send the wrong message if you stand there with a frown on your face or looking like you're about to shank the motherfucker. Now, there are times when maybe you should stand there and look like if they're taking an egregious amount of time, you might want to stand there looking like you're about to shank a motherfucker. They might get the point. That's a subtle hint you might want to pick up on. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, in, in any case, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm trying to relate it back to games since we are you know more than dice. You go like, hey, dude, um, you know, are you almost done with your turn? Do you do you what what's going on? Do you need to talk it through? You know, there's a lot of things you can do, especially in a casual game. You know, you don't remember there are two people involved in every game. You don't want to be having another guy sitting there for too long. It's 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 all things you can do, and sometimes just being. Blunt but nice can work. Don't be blunt but rude because I got a couple things like that and they're not nice. Well, of course, that's what you want to do. I mean, sometimes you you know you, you get long you get further with a with a nice word than you do with a, with an insult. But sometimes you need the insult to let them understand just exactly how things are going. You know, I feel like we've become a culture too much of sarcasm and snide remarks when you don't need to start there. I think we've got a little off topic. I think slightly drunk. Yeah. And and you can do that and, and back onto the topic if you're going to, you know, ask someone to, you know, that you want to help in a show. Communicate it right. Don't take the tone the wrong way. If they say, no, man, I'm good, they're not necessarily upset that you're asking for something. Maybe they're just like, yeah, sure, I mean, I appreciate you asked, but, you know, it's not what they want to do. We don't always have time to respond in all the words we need to to make it perfectly clear. So you have to make some assumption. You know, you have to understand who that person is and make their assumptions, you know. If I text Kathy and I just say K, she's not like, oh, he's blowing me off. No, he's busy. He's just saying K because he's taking the time to respond real quick. Spoiler, I never say K because I type R and it brings up Roger, and I just type Roger and everyone understands. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't want want to assume that stuff, you know, and... and, and when you're talking to people, just make it clear what you're talking about. You know, if you want to come to a show and help, but it's a little far, like, you know, like, hey, Gonzo, I want to come to War Machine Weekend, but it's a little much. What What can we work out? That's a great way to start a conversation on that, because it explains to Gonzo that he that you want to come to his convention and you can't afford it necessarily all by yourself and you're willing to bargain for how you get there. The argument of bargaining is lost art that needs to be brought back.
2: He hopes he can because not every vendor is completely ready before open.
1: I mean, that that is absolutely fair. You know, that's asking for something, you know? Like Kathy said, you know, stuffing all this stuff in bags. I mean, I mean you go to Repticon and I help with a bunch of stuff, you hand me a, a swag bag? I, like I am done. Like, what else do you need done?
0: Uh, sorry for the people listening. I did mute myself just a second ago. Sorry, and I just put it back on. Some people could hear me. Some people couldn't.
1: So, so keep that in mind if you're, if you're offering to help at a convention. And I think that's more of our audience is more of the offering to help, not the running a convention. That's, that's the rare few people. Um, but uh, if you're offering to help, just make sure you're abundantly clear with where you're coming from when you talk to the people.
0: 100% make sure that you're clear. I don't care what mm-hmm. anybody says. You need to make sure, and don't um, don't don't come back and go. D- d- the wording you need to go. Hey, John, I need you to come run forty k for me. Can you come run forty k for me? Yeah, I can do that for you. And then a day before the thing, hey, what about my compensation? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, uh, should
1: all be. You should all take care of that beforehand. Yes. Like sure, guns, I can run forty k. Um. Can you? What can? Can you do something small for me? Because I'm losing a little bit of time. I wanted to do this for you know. That's how that goes. Yeah. Be willing to bargain. These, especially with these kind of things. This is the time to bargain. Is maybe something. It's like uh, I can you know, comp something small. Sure, that's fine. I me mean, something oh, that's all oh. you need.
0: You know. You you want a if free t-shirt and, t-shirt and
1: dice? Yeah. Here you go. T-shirt and dice. Fucking a. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> why not St. Louis? Let's go.
0: Oh, it's like what's funny is I had I had this lady that was coming to uh, the convention anyway, and uh, she asked how she could help. And I says, "Well, I really need someone to run this type of thing. Are you willing to do that?" She's like, "Yeah. Can I get a free T-shirt instead of dice for that?" I'm like, "100, percent yes, you can. Um, that is perfectly reasonable because I mean, Absolutely. it was only it was only one event that she was doing. It was it was going to be an all day, but it was you know taking time out of her schedule." She saved, you know, t shirts twenty bucks, nice were like eight or ten bucks, you know, type thing. So I mean it was it was worth her while and I'm like, Yeah. Hundred percent.
1: And as a final, don't expect these these conventions and tournaments and all to be able to compute anything remotely approaching what your professional rate would be.
2: Yeah, not, these, are not, these are not big businesses making huge wads of cash.
1: No, no, no. I mean, them doing something should be enough. And maybe it's not enough. Maybe you are spending a lot of time and it's important. But make sure that's clear when you're talking.
0: Yeah, well, it's like um, it, it's been to uh, Warfare Weekend or previous War Machine Weekend. Uh, AK um, runs the uh, Invitational and the LCQ. And that is an entire you know weekend's worth of work and he does it he loves it it's what he's been doing you know ever since it was around he you know enjoys every bit of it um and then when they were taken that we had to pay him um they uh he was like well here's the thing you can't pay me what i'm worth to do all this stuff and i'm not expecting you to but this is what i want in return and i'm like okay
1: yeah i mean it's
0: I'm opening it up. It's similar picture. to,
1: it's different and it sounds similar to, but it is different than offering artists exposure for their work. Correct. So, and, it, and it's key to keep that clear. You are not a professional at whatever you
0: do. <laughs> 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 hey, or Chris, uh, I saw that conquest model. How do you, uh, how do you like, have you, have you had a chance to play the game or are you just painting the models? Cause I, I still have our box set, and haven't had a chance to do a paint uh, a game of it yet because of life. Yeah,
1: life. That's
0: oh, life. Isn't that the big thing? Life. The Being life. an adult, man,
1: who thought this was a good idea?
0: Um, adults.
1: I mean, and I do want to point out that this. Uh, I'm only maybe two thirds, and this thing's slightly aggressive.
0: <laughs> Are you feeling a little inebriated?
2: But it's funny, you haven't gone on any profanity-ridden rants at all.
0: No. Well, Gonzo's brought up Warcaster yet, has he? <laughs> we will save no, that for next it is not. week.
2: And it's almost time for our media section, so <laughs> next week.
0: Next week, for everybody's uh, listening, uh, <laughs> we will have Oz from Privateer Press on. We will be talking about uh, Warcaster.
1: <laughs> I like Oz. Uh, I don't want to throw... For family, leading rants at him. The dope. Oh, have
2: fun.
0: We're gonna to try to see what information we can glean from him, and see if we can get some special stuff. But we have I, have, I have, I have, a ton of questions about the game, anyway.
1: If you have questions, throw them on our Facebook page.
0: We do have okay. the th- uh, A
1: thing yes. put up. I would say message us instead. Probably easier that way, right, Gonzo? Yeah, yeah you message, can message us on us.
2: Facebook with your questions that can be asked to us next week. All right, well, yes. we'll
0: be live, so people can come and you know they can still.
2: Yeah, you can still be live, but
1: just in case, because uh, they might want a little more approval on our questions, we'll see. Uh, also, it'll be easier to work them in if we've got them beforehand.
0: Uh, Ryzum, that is the new sci-fi miniature game by Privateer Press. Um, coming to
1: Kickstarter soon.
0: So we're going to talk or about it. Or
2: is Ryzum asking Orchrist if that's a new... Oh, uh... well, I don't know. Um, a new Viking miniature for conquest. I. I don't know.
1: Me either. But.
0: Um. Media section. Media. media. Section. Give me one second. It's I got a little bit of paint on there media. and I'll No. No seconds. One second. One seconds up. All right. There we go. I'm gonna still continue to paint because I'm I'm on a roll right now and I don't want to get off on of a roll. It. Yeah. Keep Will
2: going. You You're having
1: it up
0: not hamming it. I'm getting the leather parts done on parts of the model. I
2: like ham.
1: I also like ham. I made ham. Out. Actually, I actually don't have any ham. Damn! No ham. <laughs> uh, I'm going to eat something after this because apparently uh, dinner was not filling enough or lunch was not filling enough at 5 o'clock to keep me okay through this.
2: I had a donut uh, was before this. And
1: I'm only saying that to cause envy. Oh, no. After dinner, I did have a chocolate pudding parfait. So, Ooh. there's no envy here.
2: because
0: Well, talking about food that's apparently not really good for you, KFC's got a new sandwich coming out. Have you seen that?
2: No. Is it as good as a Double Down?
0: It is a... Are, are
2: biscuits involved?
0: Sort of. Oh, God. Uh, it is two donuts with a chicken patty in between the donuts. So it's a chicken I don't know hand. what
2: it is with the donut as a bun thing. That's just sticky and gross. I,
1: I would counter with it being sticky and awesome
2: and terrible for you.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm sure it is completely 100% horrible for you. I,
2: I, I would, would rather one. do biscuits but with a syrup condiment poured on it.
1: Kathy, please, please. I can only get so wrecked. <laughs> time is it in case I have to call the doctor <laughs> anyways so I think we should move on to the media section before things really go off the rails
0: yep. I don't even know how many I have to talk about today because I haven't even looked at my phone yet Hi, so I lost. went
2: and watched uh, Two Towers last night with my friends okay that
1: was fun. is it still awesome
2: It is still
1: ah fucking amazing. Great. I watched watched Fellowship of the Ring not that long ago on my Blu-ray copy, but I didn't watch Two Towers because life. And the only problem with those movies is that they take a significant time investment to watch. Oh, yeah, they do. (laughs) It's not like, oh, hey, I'm going to watch a real quick movie. It's like, oh, no, I need to plan a meal and get ready for this movie.
2: (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, we were like, well, we could watch the uh, Return of the King. No. (laughs) As it was, we ended up watching uh, some comedian, and they didn't get home until 2 a.m. So now we have to watch Return of the King here at home. And of course it's the extended edition. Of Course. course it is.
1: I mean, I own... So for that movie, I bought the original DVDs when they came out. Yep, And then when they had the extended editions come out with those nice large cases, the extra discs and everything, I bought those and gave the originals to my mom because yep. thank you. And then uh, two years ago last year, last year, Amazon on Prime Day had the Blu-ray collection for very inexpensive. I want to say it was 30 bucks. So I bought that. <laughs> like you do. That really is a good price. It is an amazing price. It was like, I cannot turn on this price.
2: Yeah.
1: It's like when I got the Back to the Future trilogy, upcoming on a review soon, as soon as I get the chance to watch three movies in a week, uh, for like 20 bucks, I was like, I fucking have to. Because that is an underrated trilogy. Everyone loves the first one and doesn't talk about the next two so much. It is a great trilogy.
0: Yeah.
2: I don't know. We started with the the middle one yesterday and got just as sucked into it as ever. And it was amazing. And now Jim and I are like, we need to slate in some time here for uh, to watch Return of the King now.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I watched Return of the King just recently because I was like, oh, man, I really want to watch Fellowship getting ready for my uh, new RPG, you know, to kind of get in the mood and stuff. And they had the Two Towers and Return of the King, and I was like, oh, man. Which one, which one? I went with Return of the King just because it had cool battles.
2: It does have cool battles.
0: Because I think, battle as
1: a one-off, I think Fellowship is my favorite. Yes. I think, in the trilogy, I think Two Towers is actually my favorite.
0: Hmm.
1: Interesting. In the books. I fall asleep somewhere about... uh uh, Tom Bombadil every <laughs> time. Like, no offense to a great writer and uh, like J.R.R. Tolkien, but man, those books are a fucking slog. Yeah, they are. Rise
2: Tim Design says, I have not watched any of the three movies. <sighs> Books. Well, I won't say go out, rush out and watch them because I don't know what your proclivities are, or if you're the kind of person who absolutely loves the books and would like a like a one friend of mine feels uh, the the movies are an atrocity against the books somehow. There are some people who
1: think that, and in yeah. Rice Designs. If you were local, uh, you would come over here. and We would watch those together because that's what I do. <laughs> Make sure my friends see good movies. But uh, I assume zero space herpes for the two towers. Absolutely. Uh, on a scale of Casablanca to Cats. Casablanca?
2: Oh, Casablanca. Possibly it. one lot la- No, no, that's fair. Uh, I think Casablanca is fair. Um,
1: we were talking about movies to my buddy Morton Joe, and his scale is like, all right. And it was funny. You'll find this funny, cat uh, Kathy, because he goes, "All right, on a scale of the last Starfighter to catch, where's it rate?" And I'm like, "And not sure like Dave jumps. In, he's like, whoa, 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 hold on.' The last
2: Starfighter. The top
1: of your list is the last Starfighter.
2: <laughs> I mean,
1: it's a good I movie. I enjoyed it. Oh. I loved that
2: movie. However, <laughs> however, indeed. I feel like that one merits a couple of space herpes. Uh
1: maybe one. Maybe one. Well,
2: I, I had one and a half. Which I is mean, funny. It, I really like it, but
1: Because the person who we were talking about uh, uh Birds of Prey, which is what it was what we were referring to. And Alex, uh, who I saw that with, has never seen The Last Starfighter. Okay. So, he's, you've got a scale. He, isn't, he actually technically he has seen cats. He doesn't know either end There's of it.
2: There's a lot of people who haven't seen The Last Starfighter.
1: A lot of who haven't seen cats either. I actually met a guy in a local gaming store who saw cats and enjoyed it. And I said, More power to you, dude. Yeah. I'm not upset that you enjoyed it. I'm happy. I didn't. Uh, so, let's see. What did I watch? I actually only watched one movie this week, and that was Shooter, starring Mark Wahlberg and Michael Pena. And I've seen it, I think I actually reviewed it probably a year ago, maybe two years ago, a while ago on this cast or maybe the other one. I think it was this cast. I don't really remember. I like this better now than I did the first time. This this is slowly getting up to that SWAT level of that enjoyable, throw the movie in, you're going to have a good time watching it, action-y type movie. And the reason I like it more is because it's not just pure action. They have a chase scene uh, early on. So, let me back up. The concept of this movie, if you haven't heard of it, is... Mark Wahlberg is an ex-Marine Force Recon sniper, so he is a badass. And they hire him because they want to... stop at a potential assassination attempt on the president, and he is, like, sniper du jour, so... That's cool. And then they betray him because they actually use that as a reason to shoot somebody. I'm not going to get into all the details. I did kind of spoil the whole thing there, but that happens really early in the movie. And I'm pretty sure in the previews. So, I like the concept, and rather than having a full, you know, healthy Mark Wahlberg running for people and basically Jason warning his way through motherfuckers... They shoot him twice to make him have to run. It's a really good narrative device to force him to run away. And to keep the movie interesting. And then, after that, they introduce Michael Pena's character during that. And he's a rookie FBI agent who's, like, sitting there and putting all the pieces together. I really like the way this movie comes together. Now, I think it could be better. I would have probably run it as a narratively out-of-order movie with Michael Pena... Obsensibly as the main character, but he wasn't big back then. This is really young Michael Peña. But I really enjoy him. I really enjoy the way the characters work together. I, I just enjoy all of this movie. It is very well done. It unshocks me to say it was directed by Anton Foucault, who makes great action movies and has directed some of my favorite throw-in-and-watch movies. In addition to training day, but I think we could never expect anything like training day from him again. I think that was lightning in a bottle, and he got lucky, and he rode that shit all the Which is good. You should do that. But I really enjoy this. The action scenes are easy to tell what's going on, as is his standard style. A bit stylized, but very fun, enjoyable. A lot of characters who come in who are just enjoyable or hateable as scumbags the whole time. Uh, Danny Glover's in it as a bad guy, and he really sort of hams up the scenes he's in, which is enjoyable. Uh, and Ned Beatty, who has come a long way from playing Otis on uh, Superman the movie to actually being the big bad himself, uh, was still enjoyable. And it just got enjoyable. It's just a fun, enjoyable movie. It never gets too heavy. It never gets boring. It's, it's just fun and enjoyable. Um. It is a good action movie. I'm going to give it like one and a half space for It's not perfect by any stretch, but uh, it's getting on that list of throw it in and just have a fucking good time. It might kick uh, SWAT and The Replacement Killers down a notch and uh, move up.
2: <laughs>
1: those are, the funny thing is one of those is actually directed by Anton Fuqua also. That'd be The Replacement Killers, which I love. But Chai and Fat is awesome, so there you go. Gondo, I'm sure you watched something this week.
0: Um, I did. I actually introduced um one of our listeners to uh, a very old TV series, and I want to—I don't want to even say it's very old, but it's decently old, and it is a cartoon. And I introduced this person to Avatar: The Last Airbender, the cartoon, not the movie.
1: And so. I probably
0: agree that it's a cartoon, but man, that really stretches the line between cartoon and anime, doesn't it? It does. Um, and in and, and, and all intents and purposes, it doesn't matter how it is. It's just that you know that it's Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, we won't talk about the movie. We won't care about it. It's there, gone, and dead. Not even worried about it.
1: I would watch it if it was free, and that's about it.
0: I wouldn't even do that. Um, I haven't seen you, so. Oh, it's bad. It's real bad. Um, but I did let. Uh, I do have the entire series. Uh, Amazon had a big sale on Avatar, uh, Korra, and um, Last Airbender, and I popped it over to Captain Mizzy, uh for her to watch. And we watched like the first five or so episodes, and I still thoroughly enjoy this this series. It is super super good um it's got good writing it's got you know funny art it's 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 really good tv series if you've never seen it uh go out and get it um it is well worth it uh, i even liked cora even though it was uh, shut down a little bit earlier than it was supposed to be um i think it's a great tv series um it has some some great voice actors uh uh, I think during the filming of it, at one point, um, Mako passed away during it, and they did a tribute for him because uh, yeah. he did uh, the voice of Uncle Iro. for my boy
1: Mako.
0: Do what? What'd you say, John?
1: i is an for my boy Mako. I love Mako. Yeah,
0: um, and he did he did the voice of the uncle, and the uncle is one of the best parts of the series too. Um, we always joke that if you ever need uh, wisdom Throw it at you Just go look up some Avatar Uncle Iroh uh, Quotes Because he's always got good ones <laughs> um, But so far It was, I mean It, it, it gives me zero space No matter what I mean, uh, that's hard. But I mean Just now, just you know Watching it again and going through a go Again, it's just so good um, I don't think I'm cautiously optimistic about the new series that Netflix is doing. Uh, if anybody oh. doesn't know, they're going to be doing um, Avatar: Last Airbender as a live action again, but as a TV series on Netflix, done by, by the original uh, writers. And <clears throat> they are—they said that one thing that we that people have complained about is that they are going to do and keep. There's going to be no whitewashing of characters. Like the movie, um, and so people are kind of like, okay, all right, um, it's fine. It's it's been. I, I don't have a problem with whitewashing because I understand at a certain point you have to
1: appeal to the audience you're going for, and I have no problem with nightwall not whitewashing, because if you get actors who can act, and if it's subtitled or 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 dubbed or even spoken English, good enough. Who cares?
0: Correct. But that was um, something that was brought up that they were concerned that they might uh, whitewash. Um, roles because in the movie Avatar was a white kid. When I hate it because the kid didn't do anything wrong. It just that's kind of what they did.
1: I feel like movies get a bad rap for that, and yeah.
0: you know but so I, I think actors get a bad rap for that, and the actor shouldn't be the be the one that's you know gets nah. the bad rap for it. Did, did you like
1: Avatar a little bit more in second viewing, or about the same, or what? About, about the same. Um, okay. there's, so the, I really the, find the second viewing is when you really get into something because your expectations of what it should be are gone, and you can enjoy it for what it is.
0: Well, what what comes up about really funny about it is so I'm watching it, and spoiler, I'm not going to spoil anything for Mizzy, but you know we kind of laughed about it, and it's the you know the cabbage vendor. Uh, you start seeing the Cabbage Vendor. The Cabbage Vendor, there's a running joke that if you ever want to catch the Avatar, just go find the Cabbage Vendor because he's always near one um, type thing. And it was just... I saw him on there for the first time and he came up and I just started chuckling to myself a bit because he, you know, makes an appearance through the entire series. So it's just it's just pretty good. Um, I'm going to give it, of course, Zero Space Herpes still because it's still a great series. Um... I wish I had a Blu-ray player at my school, because I would play that for my kids at school. Because um, it is definitely well worth it. I guess I have to go with the, my next ones and everything, because everybody else is done.
1: <laughs> Man, I could talk about what YouTube stuff I'm watching.
0: Uh, go ahead and go with that real quick.
1: So, I follow a channel called Emgo, E-M-G-O, and he does Transformer Reviews. And you'd think that's kind of boring, but he has a lot of personality, and he puts a lot into it. He's got a lot of running gags. At the end, he runs a sort of, you know, Transformer action figure theater thing where he has them, you know, interacting and all. Playing with toys. It's cool. Um, If you're ever interested on, hey, is this Transformer's toy worth it, you can always watch those. Uh, He does a bunch of them. You can see, hey, do I like this? He'll, He'll... He's not afraid to hit on the bad points, hit on the good points, you know, give you give you the whole thing. And you can see the whole thing as he's totally transforming it. Xenobar uh, is not stop motion. He's probably just got his hands and stuff out of the way. Uh, occasionally a little stop motion where he's posed them. They don't move all the time. Uh, but it's very enjoyable. Uh, you can see if it's worth it. That's, uh, you know, why I haven't bought Transformers and why I bought uh, Jetfire here, because uh, every review was great, including his. Jetfire's not in the frame, so Jetfire. Um, he's really good. I suggest checking him out, and he does a bunch, a bunch of reviews. And like I said, he's got a lot of personality, and he makes some fun—not uh, the boring stuff you see a lot of times where they're just. He's got a great manner for video. He's uh, he's very vocal. He a good vocal range. and really puts a lot of inflection in, so keep you uh, interested during them.
0: Um, I am, since I got all these models to paint, I'm going to be doing and listening to uh, some books. Um, One of the books, the final book came out just not too long ago. um, And I've been waiting for it to come out on audio so I can listen to it while I'm doing some painting, which means I won't be doing a lot of streaming. And I found out I don't paint a lot while I'm streaming (laughs) sometimes (laughs) when people are on there because I just start chit-chatting and sitting back and chilling. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) <laughs> Which is okay, but I really need to concentrate on this. Now yeah. What,
2: the more, the more the chat is active, the less you get done. Yeah. That's why these splintered fangs are taking me so long. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, nothing that it gets our listeners or anything. Um, I'll, I'll probably do something once in a while. I know. Um, I'm gonna be probably doing my uh, trays pretty soon and getting them painted up so they can be. Cause I'm gonna airbrush those, but I'm gonna be listening to a. Uh, A series on audiobook. Um, And it is... Shut up. Siri tried to go off again. Um, And it is, because I said series, not Siri. And it is called uh, The Lightbringer Series. It's by Brent Weeks. Uh, Brent Weeks did a really cool uh, book series of... uh, What was it called? Um, Oh, God.
1: I've heard the name before, but I don't know where. So Oh,
0: man. Where are you? Brent Weeks. Um, He did a book set. Night Angel Trilogy, uh, which is about an assassin, which is really, really good. I read all those books, really loved it, really enjoyed it. So I decided to pick up his uh, Lightbringer series. Um, I've gone through all the books, listened to all of them, um, and they've been really cool. It's about a group of mages that actually use uh, light to cast magic uh, and the spectrums of light. Like Red Mages, you know, uh, Color Spectrums and all this other stuff. And the last book came out on audio uh, called The Burning White. It's the end of the series, Um, so I was really looking forward to it. Uh, So I went to go download it, and they had the reviews up, and I was kind of disheartened by the reviews because they are really, really, really slamming him on on this book. And it really kind of irks me because uh, I'm hoping that it isn't as bad as what people are saying. I'm still going to listen to it, so I'm not, you know, I'm not basing it on just the reviews. Um, it really is can, as
1: bad as they say. It's people who, I mean, remember, the people who do comment reviews are still generally what's called the vocal minority. Yeah.
0: So, I uh, because you know, I'm still going to listen to it, still going to go through it and uh, do that while I'm painting my miniatures, uh, which I found that I can paint minis and um, listen to books really well. Oh, well, that's good um that it's it's a good one for me but uh, i was really disheartened by what i read on some of these people's you know reviews of it and i was like dang it i hope it's not bad because i've really been looking forward to the end of the series uh to see what happens to everybody and what everybody's gonna be doing So, so
1: having watched birds of prey which is i think the ultimate if you think you're interested no matter what people say you should see it movie Sometimes, if you're interested, you just see it anyways. Mm-hmm. You only want that for the stuff you're not sure about. You know, like, you know, like a movie, uh, let's say, like Knives Out, where I'm like, okay, reviews are really good, I kind of want to see that movie now. But I wasn't sure beforehand.
0: Correct. But something like,
1: I don't need to see a review of fucking Godzilla vs. Kong, I don't know if I'm going to go see Godzilla vs. Kong, of course <laughs> I'm going to see Godzilla vs. Kong, what the fuck? You know, but you have to do that. You, you, reviews are good if you're not sure. If you're sure, just be sure. Don't let a review stop you from watching something. Yeah. Unless it's someone you really trust implicitly and they tell you it is the most fuck-awful thing ever, then maybe you want to skip it.
0: <laughs>
1: or you're like, Alex, I'm like I feel like I need to see Cats now. I'm like, no! <laughs> Sorry. Go
0: ahead. Um, so I'm listening to that. I'll give a review when I'm finished, uh, but it's going to be a while. Um, so, not that big a deal. Um, I'm hoping it does really well. I'm hoping it, you know, it gives me a good ending and it's not uh, what everybody is saying. So, I'm yeah, hoping. I mean, good. sometimes
1: it's not going to end the way you want it. But again, I,
0: that's, I, I, I don't have a problem with it not ending the way I want it. I just want to make sure that it ends type thing.
1: Yeah. And like that's why I said back to my, the second time is so much better. Because the first time you go to something, you have expectations. You know, and we, human nature, we're going to have expectations. That's why I love seeing so many movies with my mom a second time because I get to experience them for a second time and find out if it was just my expectations fucking with me or if it actually is maybe not as good of a movie. And sometimes you're surprised it's great the first time. The second time, it's not as good.
0: Yeah,
1: But it's good to know that. It keeps you from calling something, that, I mean, and that's not really a big deal, but like it's a cl- not a classic, a classic. Like, oh, you know, such and such a classic. I was great the first time. You know it. you mean? You're like... Ooh uh example. I watched Machete last week. I talked <laughs> about it my last John. That movie is not as enjoyable as it used to be because it's a little too topical now. <laughs> it's actually a little uncomfortable because like, oh, oh that's that's not that's not okay anymore. And it's weird how a movie that's supposed to be just sort of frivolous junky fun is suddenly not because of the way the times have changed. So, good to keep in mind when you're watching movies and media and stuff. It's very important, uh, very, very important to, to know what your expectations are and know how things have changed. That's why I don't watch old Voltron or shit like that, because it's not going to hold up.
0: No, it doesn't. I'm
1: certain it's fucking terrible. <laughs> remember it being awesome and great and continue.
2: That's how I feel about Croft superstars.
1: Oh, God. You know. You know.
2: Those old Sid and Marty Croft shows were brilliant when I was a kid, but.
1: They're still brilliant because you remember them that way. (laughs) They will always be brilliant. But there's some things that do, and and you'll sort of know them. As you get more experience, you'll know. Like, I go to watch Robotech because Robotech is actually more mature than the age it was made for, and there are parts that are not as good. There's some parts obviously made for kids. You know, movies have those, and videos have those, and series have those. But there are parts that are still super adult, and they hit you just as well as they did back then. You know, it's like discounting the, the Return of the Jedi because there are Ewoks in it. Yes, Ewoks were made for kids, and yes... It's a little cutesy at points, but that's still a good movie, and mm-hmm. it's not going to kill it. Maybe you don't like it as well. Maybe you rate it a little lower than you used to, but it's still an enjoyable movie because the rest is so good. It hits that fine line between kid and adult stuff. It gets it all in there, like Star Wars is supposed to. Um,
0: another thing, uh, I am watching the newest season of Peaky Blinders. Um, so, season 5. Is- and so I'll give a review of that after it's done. But I did want to talk about something that's coming out this week, uh, which I'm definitely looking forward to. And that is the new season of Altered Carbon. I Think it comes out the twenty seventh. Um, watch all this. Oh, kind of
2: interesting. Up.
0: Um, a big hit. I we re- re- we all liked it. Um, yes. We all thought it was great. I can't wait to see this one, especially since they have a new actor playing. You know whatever. I mean,
2: hey, whatever. The main character.
0: Yeah, well I, I I'm I'm gonna hold off in case there's like a switch because you know Ultra carbon they play off a bunch of different things and it's all you know, there's a good plot twist and everything that comes with it. So I'm holding off on any, describing any type of the the story. But yes. Um I'm really looking forward to seeing the first season. Do what?
1: I would hope by now they see in the first season. Yeah. I've been living here for a year and I watched that at the last place I lived. So,
0: yeah. It's It's beyond
1: the uh, spoiler territory.
0: Yeah. Uh, But I mean, it's really, really, the first season was really good. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that the second season goes with it there. Um, We've got the basics of what the world is like and how everything's going. So, our expectations on some stuff may be like, well, why didn't they do like this? Or why didn't they do that? Or, you know, I love Anthony Mackey
1: and he's lead now. I'm fucking in.
0: Yeah, when I saw that he was doing it, um, I thought it was great, because one of the ladies at my work was like, oh, I saw this, but they're not using the same actor. And I said, well, technically, they don't have to use the same actor.
1: It's don't a cunning can... idea. I love yeah.
0: it. They yeah, They can use whatever they want, because that, all you got to do is... appropriate
1: the source deal. That's actually how yeah. the source
0: material is. It's great. Yeah. Cortex stacks moves, and you're done. <laughs>
1: well, the move, it, it ended with the the guy whose body he was borrowing, let's say... Getting, kicked, getting let out and being back. And that was sort of the happy ending of that. Yeah. That's what I like with Ultra Carbon. The series ended with a happy ending. It felt complete, but you realize there's so much more can go from there. Yeah. yeah. So. Because Takashi uh, Kovacs has a lot that can, he can do. And he's a bad man.
0: <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, I think that comes out this Thursday. So that'll be uh-huh. a good thing to binge on Thursday when I get home. God, my list is so big. <laughs> I think Actually, uh, somebody said that to me recently. I think Vizzy goes, "There's just too much stuff for me to watch." Uh huh.
1: Yep, that's kind of how that's it is. You have to say, "I'm not going to watch this because it's not important enough to me." Yeah. Um, I I really want to rewatch Star Wars and try and catch up and watch like Clone Wars and Rebels and all that stuff I missed in there. But that is
0: a hell of it.
1: Like, um, I could take a month off and probably barely get through it all. Yeah. Oh, man, it. a month off workshops really can't do
0: that. Okay. Uh, let's see. what is it February? Three months, and I can do that. Oh yeah. Um. Respect go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um. So other than that, guys, that is pretty much the end of the cast, unless someone has something else they want to talk about. Um. I'll jump. And of course, John's got to <laughs> jump in before <laughs> anything else.
2: John. F- John. That's I'm taking dumb. Wednesday off of my stream. I normally stream Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday uh, in the afternoon. Okay. And You're Wednesday I'm taking Jim yeah. out to lunch and okay. then we're gonna run errands. So
1: especially, oh this location with the errands, maybe not so much.
2: <laughs> well, we're going shopping. Yay Woo-hoo! shopping.
0: Yeah, and I will have probably a new episode of Follow of Merkwood this week um, to have everybody listen to because I think we're going to be getting back. Uh, one of our members went to Disney for a few days, so we're like, "Yep, we'll see you when you get I back."
1: Might do a new movies and minis. I'm trying it. I might try a different
0: style since I don't have
1: necessarily time to watch a movie. I might just have a very movie related topic as the second half of that. We'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm.
0: For more than dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm,
2: I'm Kathy.
0: <laughs> Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening, guys. I'm gonna see if I can send you somewhere else real quick. Let's see who's up. Guys, I want to send y'all off to Epic Duck Studios.